here I am with my very, very good friend, Rita. Um, how am I describing you? Artist, performance artist, yeah. sculptor, yeah, all around amazing person. Cleaner. Cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Well, every artist has to have a job. Yeah, and we're here today because um, I, I was curious and interested to talk to you about transitioning in later life right well, or in you know we're not like old old no <laughs> i'm quite old um we don't need yeah. to talk to old you are but it, unless you want to but well, i mean i'm good with that really because i kind of you know like to me i mean reaching the age that i've actually reached to me is absolutely astonishing and like i kind of I'm amazed and surprised and kind of wondering what I can do with it now. But it looks like I'm probably going to survive for another 10 years. So I'm, what, 62. So yeah. I got all the way through the 80s to the 90s and not catching anything or whatever. I'm not getting killed by anyone. So, which happened almost a couple of times. So, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I guess um, it's not entirely true to say that I've never tried to transition before yeah i tried it twice before oh, right. I tried it when i was in my early 20s um but then the how do we say this right because the gender identity clinic is like one of the most wonderful incredible fantastic resources that mm. enables people to be happy and live really happy productive lives and it's almost certainly saved my life yeah yeah but, in the late 80s it wasn't really quite so much like that no no it was very the technology wasn't up to it as well and i guess and uh, yeah, as well as people's attitudes yeah and it was very difficult to communicate with them and they had very fixed ideas about how you should be and the kind of person you should be and it was quite sexist and quite you know invested in the patriarchy and all that kind of stuff mm. and it didn't really work and i was just such a complete mess basically at the time Mm. Uh, it just wasn't a particularly good idea and then I tried again in the late 90s and again I was still too much of a mess to really right. do that um, so then I tried again um, four years ago and it was actually really good and I you know because yeah. I just felt so much happier mm. and didn't feel the need to be drunk or off my tits all the time or you know I just felt mm. actually okay you know, so yeah. it's actually working out really well. Oh, that's good. That's good. Have well, they? Um, yeah. So, so, so it's a very different place, presumably now, to what it used to be in the, you know, even ten years ago, ago, well, because, about forty. Yeah. Well, that's because the service users are now in actually being actively involved in running it, and there are yeah. more trans men and women actually working there. Mm. Right. Right. Right, so it's not just a question of um, because now we live in paradise where you can just get a job. You you don't yeah. have to be living permanently on invalidity benefit or be a sex worker. Yeah, yeah. You go to college, you can get jobs, you can get work, you could be like a normal yeah. person like everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas before you couldn't do that. So, and also many of the doctors involved in the process, particularly the surgeons and the consultant psychiatrists. You didn't really actually want to be involved in it. Like there's a lot of conflict, a lot of ambiguity. And so it created a situation where service users were forced into lying 
to get access to hormone treatments mm. and then were being disbelieved. I mean, I remember a therapist said to me, God, in the 80s, but old trannies all lie all the time. That's all they do. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> all you want to do is get the hormones, right? You don't want to buy them. So if you can get it for free off the NHS, anyone would, you would just say anything just to get <laughs> the hormones, basically. Whereas now mm. it's much more kind of like, you can talk to them they can they help you they're kind of really cool mm. like just absolutely brilliant i mean it just it needs more money <laughs> yeah yeah as does everything yeah. yeah yeah so i guess part of it was driven by um by what was available yeah at, at the time so the 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 reason why you're doing it now what i'm hearing is that you po possibly would have done it sooner yeah. but it wasn't it just wasn't accessible in the same way to yeah. to you that it was that it is now but i was uh, but it was so as a person you weren't ready for it well i just couldn't do anything yeah i mean mm. I, you know i didn't even realize that electricity bills had to be paid until relatively <laughs> the idea of actually just even having a bank account so you know i'm still not that good at doing that you know what i mean um so i i was just such a complete mess and because i had so many so much internalized negative stuff coming from my childhood and i was right. self-medicating by using drugs and alcohol like all the time and just just a lunatic basically mm. i couldn't hold down jobs i couldn't do anything so yeah i had to kind of really you know get my act together and get mm. myself under control and get real mm. Mm. and then i could do it because they won't mm. let you do it unless you get your act together yeah no 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 yeah so no, what, what provoked you to want to do it in the first place um well okay so there are <laughs> well I've, I've felt it's it's very complex because with issues of gender there are as many different answers as there are people who get into that system right mm, mm. and language as a philosopher you obviously know this that language is extremely tricky and very slippery mm. and words have multiple meanings in different contexts and different things mm. i know myself that i always felt like i would look in the mirror and i would hate being male and i i felt that from being a little child right right you know so my mum and my dad were really very anxious about it when i was a very small child and my mother in particular went out of her way to eradicate that from my personality as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. It she turns into sort of very basic Freudianism, doesn't it, really? That... Hitchcock, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was having a conversation earlier with a friend <laughs> just a bit earlier. We were talking about the tranny killer trope in horror films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Look at it. It's yeah. like all the way from the cat and the canary, like psycho. Silence of the lambs. Right? Yeah. yeah. A girl suit in the basement on a sewing machine. Yeah, yeah. So when, you grow, when, you, when you're growing up, I mean, yeah. I was actually sitting down with my mum watching Psycho on TV, which is a brilliant film, by the way. It's absolutely fantastic. And, like, my mum actually turning around to me and actually going, that's what you're going to turn out like. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really helpful, mum. Yeah, thanks, mum. You know what I mean? <laughs> but no, love, I'll kill you a lot earlier than that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's to do with, partly it's to do with kind of, um, I, I have a little pet theory where I kind of think that, Kind of what happens is that your genetic 
or hormonal makeup is structured mm. through traumatic experiences. Mm, mm. So if you have a negative mother figure, mm. what happens is that it actually start you start to internalize the mother figure, and your your hormones actually change. Yeah, right. So when I mean, for most of the people I know, it's never been. I mean, I was doing drag performance as an artist for like ages. You know, I work under a female name as an artist. I right. Don't, I don't have a beard. You know, I'm not right. body hair. You know, it's like. It doesn't mm. take place to make me look really girly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and it, I'm lucky in that respect. But people weren't really that surprised. Cause, I mean, lots of people just said to me, well, you're always so feminine anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but the thing is, whatever that means, mm. but the thing is, it's... Well, androgynous, presumably. Yeah, like androgynous, yeah. Mm. yeah. But the thing is, it's like, I think that if I'd been more like my older brother, who was much closer to my mum... I probably wouldn't have developed in this way. But the reality is, is that I just have. And so the yeah. question that you have to live with, right, is not why you do things, it's what are you going to do with it? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living yeah. in the world, mm. you mm. have to live in the most intelligent, sensible way that you possibly can. And that means like not hurting other people, not being a bad person. You know, you still have to work for a living. You still got to have a roof over your head. You still got to mm. pay it doesn't make any difference. Mm. Credits mm. just call me Miss. <laughs> the people I owe money to, the bailiffs come around. They go, "Oh, Miss Jones, you know, can you kind of like pay this debt or we'll take your furniture away?" It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> yeah, so, is that your official? Uh, uh, have you had a gender recognition? No, well, you, don't need, you don't need to do that anymore. Oh, don't you? They've changed. Oh, right. Oh, thank God. Um, because I haven't actually managed yet to change my passport. Um, because right. it took me about two years to get the right document out of the head psychiatrist at the gender identity <laughs> clinic because one of the problems with them is their admin is incredibly slow yeah right it's because it's all outsourced to private groups as in a lot of the nhs system mm, mm, mm. Uh, you can request a bit of documentation you get it back like about six months later mm. um but yeah. apparently now you don't actually need to have a gender recognition certificate, I don't think. Mm. What I did was that I changed my name um, in a solicitor's office using something called a, stat, a statement of intent, statutory declaration of intent. So, um, yeah. When, when women get divorces, yeah, right, that's similar. what they do. Like, if you want to change your name, you don't want to be connected. It's a lot of technical and legal things as well. I mean, I get like loads and loads of problems with. Um, because I don't have a particularly feminine voice and I kind of don't mm. really want to put a particularly feminine voice on because I think it sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you know, you just sound like Minnie Mouse. I used to have yeah, like, yeah. really big arguments with my speech therapist about right. a lot. Like he would say, I'm not teaching you to be weak. And I go, yes, you are. You're teaching <laughs> me to be smaller. I don't want to be smaller. I want to be short. Yeah. Um, so it's there's a lot of technical and legal things but the most important thing is that when you get access to hormones when you start lowering your testosterone levels yeah you're really happy it's great because you don't have this horrible thing that's making you feel really crap all the time <laughs> what testosterone basically <laughs> it's great. the less you have the better it is. And it's great for your hair. It's great for your nail. Look at this. I'm 62. Look at my hair. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's or anything. It's brilliant.
Maybe I should try that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it has different, you know, obviously I know. impacts yeah. in lots of different ways. Well, it's great, and, but, but I mean, when men take testosterone, it's really great for things like, you know, lack of libido, depression, like, yeah. You can, you, you, women can also use it as well. Really, a lot of the medication you get when you're a trans female is actually um, uh, medication which is originally designed uh, for treating the menopause. Yeah. Right. And so you get a similar thing to the menopause. <laughs> right. I got that about two years ago, and I felt like a 14-year-old girl with the menopause. Oh. Six months. It was hell. <laughs> Bad than that, you know. Suzanne will uh, <laughs> I remember, confirm I remember that. that two years yeah. ago, where you were yeah. going, oh, I'm just feeling really, like, kind of shit and a bit like this, and, and you know, looking at, looking at women again and, blah, blah, yeah. and i'm like god that you just sound like a menopausal woman basically yes yeah, so that's what happens you get, <laughs> no. so you get all the same rubbish that women get yeah but then you go through it a lot quicker i suppose well, that's it's the thing. well because men, it's yeah. condensed right no it's because men invented the medical system and they you know obviously so they're just trying to get, <laughs> get it over with yeah get it over with really quick right <laughs> who cares what happens to them whatever yeah <laughs> yeah Far to your sexuality as we are sex advice for seniors here. Yeah. <laughs> I know that there's been, you know, you were married. Yeah. Um, so you've had that and then you've gone through, you know. Multiple different things. Multiple different things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that's just, we could just, yeah, we could just imagine what some of those things might be. And, and now where are you on the, where are you finding yourself as a result of this whole I'm trying not to look at so much pornography. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to... Yeah, like all of us, really. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to... not really think about sex quite so much. I used to have a very, very, very high sex drive. Mm. Right? Mm. Really high. Yeah. I didn't have sex at least three times a day, seven days a week. I would be really upset. Oh, my God. That was my 40s. Yeah. <laughs> and that was from the age of about 20 right up until I was about 50. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but now, kind of, I'm more focusing on trying to just be happy and have mm. friendships. I mean, I still, I love hanging out in the gay community and the drag community. Like, really. Right. Then I love straight places i don't really like straight bars very much i don't feel comfortable mm. um but i'm not going there to try and find a, a bloke to have sex with like mm. hang out with people that i really like mm. um, right it's like a mutually supportive affirmative thing it's like you know you're with the people that you're connected with and mm -hmm. i've had a couple of sort of you know blokes who kind of got a bit interested but honestly i mean a lot of these men i mean if they're so pathetic. I mean, you think you're the ones with the balls, so have some. You know, matter with you. You know, you should be a proper bloke and actually step up. Mm. And that's another thing. It's like because I did go out with loads of girls when I was very young, and I, I do love women. I really do. Mm. Mm. And I always thought, why can't I find a bloke who would treat me in the way that I used to treat the women I went out with? Yeah, they're just like. <laughs> Or they're, they're, they're really horrible old, sorry, excuse me, old people. Yeah, no, I'm also an old bloke, but you know, you know what an old bloke is, right? The kind of people, yeah. if, you, if they sat next to you on the bus, you'd get up and move. 
yeah. They won't do anything else. They've got like no conversation skills. They're really boring. They're not the younger artists that I meet every now and again. I think, oh, they're really, really nice. But they're just interested in blokes with muscles. Mm. The yeah. interesting thing that happens is that as you make yourself more and more feminine in the gay community, you become, oh, it's Rita. She's really cool, right? Nobody actually wants to shag you because you're moving away from <laughs> the thing that they want. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's understandable, really. So it's yeah. just, so I'm just focusing on um, really, and also I've only had to look after myself relatively recently. Really, been kind of supposedly responsible for myself for about ten years, maybe. Mm. Whereas before, I always kind of lived with people. Like, you see, I, yeah. I shouldered a lot of the responsibility for managing my life onto other people. Yeah. And so my kind of emotional well being was centered around being loved by someone else. Yeah. And I kind of thought, well, let's actually not do that. Mm. This doesn't really work out very well. Let's just focus on, I mean, I'd be quite happy just being on my own, I think, now for the rest of my life, really. Mm. I'm only going to. Yeah. Be 15 years anyway the chances are anyway well we don't know that. i mean i'll be whatever, you know, <laughs> something will kick in at some point you know i'll get murdered yeah. by with a horrible sexual encounter or something like that so who knows really one of the things we were going to ask is all this stuff all this you know suzanne moore jk rowling all of this do you have any feelings about any of the stuff that goes out there about you know um yeah proper woman not proper woman i love whatever well, my position is sort of complicated on it. I, th I think most of the trans girls that I know, very few of them actually really genuinely think they're actually female, genetically female. Right. There's a saying that goes, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and queens are from Pluto. <laughs> right. Um, you're something different. Yeah. You're a combination yeah. of but some trans people do totally identify with, and that's fine, right? I think we also live in a culture where algorithms, clickbait, fake mm. information is outrage. Yeah, it's becoming so prevalent that mm. anything now that's broadcast or said on any subject is is immediately suspect because it's all about getting as many clicks as possible monetize what they do there are now companies that actually digitally create bots mm. has nothing to do with any of that they're not they're not even talking to anybody who's really involved in it like all this crap about children being forced into taking hormones is rubbish yeah. No, nobody mm. from the gender identity clinic is even being consulted on it. Really? Yeah, They're yeah. not even talking. No, it just, it just makes a snappy headline. So they're doing it to get hits, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, I stopped reading newspapers and stopped watching television about 10 years ago. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to basically just stop looking at news apps now because they're just... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my mate but, Jason, say, who's a videographer, he's a video journalist. He just came back from the Ukraine. I had lunch with him the other day. He can tell me more about what's happening <laughs> in Ukraine than any of that rubbish. Yeah. So I just so within the trans community, would you say that you know that the this apparent sort of um, conflict is entirely manufactured, or or is it there? 
it's uh, well i mean i mean there are lots of different people in the world and they you know yeah politics or social situations the cultural debate is about many voices arguing that's mm. it kind of rich and really interesting right mm. whether those any of those voices have the right to authentic truth whatever that means is a different issue Mm. I mean, in any, even in the Bible, the gospel is told four times because everybody saw Jesus get crucified under different conditions. Right, sure. So it's like history. I used to work as an archaeologist, and I mean, like, you know, you, nobody knows anything about anything. You know, history is like, mm. you know, she said that and they said this and that happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even now, like, the whole notion of objective fact has become, I mean, it, you've read George Orwell, right? The whole idea. Mm. Orwell was talking about the destruction of objective fact in the 1930s, about the denial of objective reality itself, right? It's yeah, a, yeah. That a kind of like a, a culture which is obsessed by surface, which mm. else will have a very thin idea of exactly what's true and exactly what isn't. And now with digital, um, the spread of digital information, this mm. machine shows you what you want to see not what's real it just no absolutely you. so you stay on it longer and look at the advert but yeah. I, I think that yes there probably are i mean i i can't speak for an entire group of people no no and sure the whole idea of like i mean that's something i kind of get i have problems with people when they do that all the time so i'm twisting my arm for, you know, anxiety <laughs> the thing that i think is just changing the subject slightly is that you know, we've got a lot of people now listening and to TikTok and the, our podcasts and stuff who are in the States and other countries. And I think the fact that the NHS has got a gender identity clinic and you can go through all of this on mm. the National Health Service for a lot of people, especially in America, must just be like heaven. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how do I get over there? How do I you know? How do I do <laughs> that? Right. Because well, because for a lot of people in the world, this the, what you've got access to is just not it's just not affordable for yeah them. no it's fantastic either yeah. it's not accessible yeah, or it's yeah. not affordable it's so fantastic. you know it's amazing and it's amazing to me that and i think it's wonderful as well um but i've heard you say you know over the years that i've known you that some of the things that they and i don't know if they're still doing this but i just recall a conversation that we had where they said that one of the things about um, transitioning was crossing your legs and like you said yeah. uh, altering the tone of your voice and you know yeah. look um, how you use your hands or all these things that are considered I suppose to be female feminine. well okay <laughs> it's like a permanent pain do you understand it's like yeah. you have this and you've had it for years and years and years it's like a toothache that won't go away. It's like an existential toothache. Right, right. So you become hyper aware of how you move, how you appear. Mm. And when right. you wear feminine clothing, it accentuates it even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so learning how it is problematic from one point of view, the political point of view, to say that femininity consists of a series of things that could be learned. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that is problematic. Mm. Equally, there are psi women who use plastic surgery, go to beauty parlors, right? <laughs> and maybe it's part of you becoming the best version of yourself that you can be, which includes mental and physical health, diet, your appearance, mm -hmm. 
always because everyone wants to be the best version of themselves that they can be that's great right and anything that helps you to become more happy and better functioning yeah right so that you're not kind of you know self-medicating through drugs or alcohol relationships i mean one of the reasons why 56t was founded was because of the incredibly high spike in hiv um uh, transmission and infection amongst the uh, female trans community who were working originally as sex workers to pay for their treatment Mm -hmm. oh i see right yeah so it meant that if you've been told that you're completely worthless, ugly, stupid, you have no right to exist, you've got no, you're a freak. Yeah. You know, people are making movies about you chopping people up and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Part of, you know, fiction. That's just yeah. Rope. Then anything that helps you. And anyway, don't you want to be beautiful? I want to be beautiful. It's- <laughs> You know, it's just, I mean, as an artist, you know, the appreciation of beauty and of making the best of the beauty that you have. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, like if you learn to dance. Yeah. Right? It gives a grace and a strength and a confidence to all of your movements. Mm-hmm. But it works in the same way. It's not necessary. I mean, I think the a lot of old style feminists, they see it as a kind of a bit of a red flag because it's like, mm, okay, these men are mm. coming into the discussion. They're doing what men always do. do. Taking They're over. Taking over. There's an expression mm. called transplaining, mm. right? Where male to female transsexuals bully their way into other feminist groups and try and tell everybody what to do. I don't think that does that very much, actually. I think it might be a bit of a myth. Um, so, but anything that kind of makes the person feels better and more happy in the same way they would for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you try sure. and make the best of yeah, what you've got, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to look like some horrible yeah. dog's breakfast or something walking down the road. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm coughing like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to do that. Well, I, suppose, right? I, suppose the no. I suppose the difference is that women are judged. I mean, yeah, yeah. judged on the way that they look. Yeah, I mean, just exactly. generally. So it's not, un- it would not be unusual for me to to think that if you transition to a woman that become, you know, that you're, you become hyper alert to the way that you look yeah. because society makes you hyper alert about the way that you yeah. look as a woman. I mean. Yeah, but the focal point of the condition itself, and I'm going to use the word condition because that, you know, that's, it, you know, I think that's what it is. I think it's a medical problem. Mm. Very simply, I think it's just a hormone imbalance. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, uh, the the point at which the, the, that state of being hits reality mm. is the complete disjunction between the way that you want to look and the way that you do. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. The point. That's the that's the impact point, right? That's yeah. where it changes. That's everything is focused on that. What you're trying to do is you're trying to change the way the world sees you. Absolutely. Mm. And it's, so it's like an incredibly i think positive creative response to mm. oppression you were mistreated oppressed by your mother oppressed by society you've been treated like crap forever but you're making yourself into a princess <laughs> you're like right. a queen, you know what i mean you're rising above it and this glorious thing yeah 
<laughs> yeah, well, we talked about this last week to some extent. The sort of everything is a performance, you know, the performativity theory of of human existence, and that we all play these roles all the time, you know, and that we we swap and change and code change all the time. Um, and and maybe the thing that shows we do live in a patriarchy is that men don't have to do that very much. No, they don't. <laughs> but it's kind of different. It used to be very different. I mean, if you look back at the aristocracy during the time of the French Revolution, yeah, I mean, they had so much power. They affected this incredible style of kind of these huge wigs, yeah, yeah, mm. and mm. shinies. You know the the thing of very long fingernails. It's like mm. a thing. The yeah, the emperors were so powerful. They didn't even have to pick anything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, the length of their fingernails indicated how much power they had. So, if you yeah. were disabled by your fingernails. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, sure. and to have a tan in, in the 18th century was terrible because it meant you worked in the fields. Yeah, yeah it meant you were yeah. outside all the time. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 I think now the, the, um, I think men are in a, in a declining position yeah for sure. yeah they're being heterosexual they're downward dogs well <laughs> they're, they're just kind of being they they need to adapt because they they can't they're it's a bit sad and in what well, we discussed this that we were saying we were going to discuss for our next podcast the role reversal of a woman who's fairly emotionally unavailable and likes to be an independent yeah and a man who wants domesticity yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite normal now yeah. i mean you know yeah. i meet men all the time that just really want that kind of lovely good yeah. housekeeping style life and most of the women my age re are rejecting that and going we did good housekeeping yeah. and we're just we'd like to just get but you up, can always you, know. you could always buy that if you wanted to can you i mean i'm oh, sure yeah. there were lots of eastern european girls who'd be very happy to cover it <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> uh, i mean that's, <laughs> I, and i think probably there or russian brides for that, that matter sorry it's I terrible mean, to say no that. no but i, get, I think you're right like you know yeah. it is a man needs a maid and yeah. maids cost money so you well, should pay for it but, but <laughs> yeah but no maybe not but i mean i think um what is that i think men have always been much more i think that the two things the one big mistake that men made in the 1970s was not learning to type <laughs> my brothers did it because in the states we yeah. my, my brothers both type really fast. so when digital yeah. technology came into office environments yeah you couldn't actually even send an email no that's right yeah and there were women who worked in these companies who just ran the whole company yeah. Mm -hmm. these women. Yeah. But I think men have always been much more um uh I mean, you know, attached to the idea of the home. Whereas in my experience, most of my female friends just wanted to get away from it as far as I thought. Well, yeah, it was for <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. obvious <laughs> reasons. It was it was very good for us, you know. That <laughs> We had to do a bit of DIY, but that was about yeah, it, yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> the rest was just being served, you know. And no, I'm joking aside. I mean, one of the one of the reasons my 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 dad right was believed that he had to be the sole wage earner in the family, and it's mm, mm. life. You know, he he died definitely prematurely through overwork. Mm. Yeah, and that idea that 
um, the enormous amount of responsibility that like your dad had to keep the ship afloat. And I mean, my mum just used to like go and play tennis in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> But um drink cocktails, smoke cigarettes. Yeah, basically, yeah, just have a sit with a nice and nice dress you know, tennis <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't like um I think she even worked, of course she didn't work until until he died. So yeah. but um I think it carried with it an enormous amount of strain and mm, sure. difficulty. So it, it didn't serve men, I think. No, and no. later, like now, because we're all living longer. Right. Mm. Nobody knows what to do with it. We're just like going on forever. Um, what are you going to do? You know, the job for life is no longer there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas everyone just would have died before, basically. <laughs> died right. like 10 years ago. <laughs> would never have been a problem. Yeah. I feel that there's some terrible backlash about to happen. Mm. Yeah. And it's very worrying because, yeah, it really is. Because like real advances have been made mm. to help people. It's, I think it's just being completely artificially generated. I think it has a lot to do with efforts on part of the government to privatise the NHS. Possibly, yeah. And I think what mm. they're doing is they're using negative stories as a way of doing that. They can say... Um, I mean, like, the nonsense that's being said, for example, about the Tavistock Clinic. Mm. The Tavistock Clinic has not closed. No. Right? It's simply being reorganised, mm. right, to be more efficient. It's not... Mm. These silly women that read the Daily Mail and think that because they were standing with a cardboard sign outside of it like three months ago, like three mm. of them, the Daily Mail is telling them that they won a victory to save our children because let's face it, it's always about the bloody children, isn't it? Yeah. Adults. <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just yeah. nonsense, all this stuff. And yeah. I think they're going to turn around and go, this is another reason. They used, um, what was it, the MRSA thing in exactly yeah, yeah. the same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have to... Well, the cult, yeah, they generate culture wars out of nowhere. Mm. I mean, the latest thing, although it's pathetic, is um, cycling. You know, yeah. suddenly they have to have insurance or, you know, well, the seven-year-old children are going to have to have insurance to ride their bikes, you know. It's, yeah. but, but it's part of the culture war. And because, you know, politically they've lost in so many ways, they they ramp up the culture wall to try and uh, to try and you know distract people from what is actually going on. Yeah, and it's like they're also pitching the idea that we are protecting you from a hostile, insane world. Yeah. Right? We are the forces of order and tradition and reason. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, the bottom line is that making the decision to transition is not like an easy decision well, like it's it you've you've just spoken about the fact that you've been harboring the desire to do this now and tried for the past 40 years yeah. 40 years mm -hmm. right yeah. it's not like you woke up yesterday and said yeah, oh i really want to be a woman tomorrow i need yeah. Doctor and said, "Oh, by the way, I oh, yeah, don't, there, you yeah. oh, there you go. I want to be a woman. Like yeah. the amount of effort you have to yeah. go through. Well, if you'd like to, to, you know, come back next week at five o'clock, we'll chop your penis off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the number of friends that I've had that have went into the sex industry as a way of getting access to hormones and getting access to treatment, the damage that's been done to them is incalculable. By that, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. trail of addiction, abusive relationships, homelessness, disaster. Yeah, you know, yeah." Whereas to simply just be able to get access to that. And it's so ridiculous. Like, 
the idea that you suddenly get preferential treatment what i get a free cup of coffee in starbucks is ridiculous yeah really really difficult it's hard i mean with the whole issue of trans girls being forced to go to male prison and the idea of like kind of um has chelsea manning been moved to a male prison Mm -hmm. The idea that suddenly you go, oh, I'm going to transition now. They go, okay, well, so we'll send you off to Holloway now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know where they're getting these stories from. Who no, is inventing ridiculous. these things? It is. It's insane. A lot of it is invented, yeah. It is. And it also, you know, it undermines the many people who really are, have been thinking and wanting and trying to do this and are part of the system yeah. and are really struggling and have struggled with their identity over a huge amount of time for most of them and i i think it's it's catastrophic really well, the well, whole yeah, thing because yeah. you know as you said yeah. the the reasons why people transition are the are are not black and white no they're not i mean i would, know, I would mm-hmm. recommend that if any of your your viewers or listeners or whatever this is sounds very <laughs> Oh, you know, want to do this or thinking about doing this, I would say yes, definitely go ahead and do it, right? Yeah. Because like it's like a really necessary divorce. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you really, you really don't want to be doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What, you need to get proper help, and the way you go to the go to the gender identity clinic, go to Fifty Six T in Soho. Right. Mm-hmm. There's another really great group, um, uh, which of course Sash S A. SH and they are really fantastically wonderfully helpful and loving and kind and there are right. trans men and women who work for that organization mm. who mm. you with open arms and give you all the possible help that you can need in terms of accessing hormones if you want to go hormone do hormones privately you can do hormone privately but 56T are really great because they'll do the injections for you mm. right right <laughs> yes. so if you rock up to the clinic if you've got your testosterone blockers as long as it comes in the box right yeah it's not opened and the box has english lettering on the outside of it they will <laughs> it for you so you right thing where you're breaking the needle off in your bowl or whatever you know uh, so yeah it's like there is also you know now um beauty parlors are completely trans friendly if you've got enough money they'll cut your hair or do your hair for you yeah well yeah you can walk into like any you know women's clothing store and they will serve you because it's illegal for them not to yeah 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 sure and that's plus you're a good customer probably and it's a huge leap forward yeah yeah it's great to be refused employment on the grounds of being a trans person Mm, mm, actually mm. illegal you could be refused for lots of other things mm. because maybe yeah you're bad at it and just you know terrible at your job <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to be good at your job right you've got to actually function but i mean no one could turn around i mean you could look like les dawson in a dress no one would care fantastic <laughs> <laughs> thank you rita yeah thanks that's right